Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a real cool guest sitting on our couch. It's a Monday after the holiday long weekend. I'm all Canada dayed out. I don't know about you guys, but I feel I had fantastic. A, had a rough one. I don't sound fantastic, but yes, actually, um, I want to tell everybody about the weekend before we introduce our guest. Hey, everyone, it's Amanda, and it's Monday after Canada Day long weekend. And any of you who have been listening to us for a while know that. Um, Mark doesn't really drink. I mean, it's been years and years and years since he's even had a buzz. This man drank himself silly on Saturday, and it was awesome to watch. You keep saying that, and I don't recall it. I don't recall. I it know being, you don't recall it, but I just mean I don't recall it being anything strange. I don't That's recall why it being, you don't recall it. No, I don't think I was. Well, you were funny. I'm always relatively funny. Is there video evidence? No, no. there's no video evidence because I didn't do anything. I just stupid. Mean, no, he didn't do anything stupid. I just mean you were like the happiest, like just drunk little kid, and I haven't seen it in years. He never Aww. drinks, and I was like, this is so funny. Or like he'd come ask me. A question and then like two minutes later he's asking me the same question i'm like okay i know that you actually don't remember this so i would just answer it again <laughs> and you come back and say the same thing like what? give me an example <laughs> oh my goodness i don't remember every an example single of a question thing. just one question okay you would come and say to me uh what are we having for dinner and then i would tell you and then like a few minutes later you're like what are we having for dinner you need me to do anything you need me to set the table or i'd say to you like yeah can you go put those napkins over there and then you'd come back and be like what do you need me to do and i'm like did you put the napkins over there no was i supposed to like it was oh, just okay. funny yeah i get it <laughs> shit i shouldn't drink no no it was good you were you were cool it was fine you did uh. keep offering my father weed though and i was like mark can you stop <laughs> Because I wanted to roll a joint, but I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to go by myself. So Multiple times, he goes to my dad, "You want to smoke a joint? You want to smoke a joint?" My dad's like, "No, no, I don't talk anymore." He's lying. It's just because your mom. So why he said no? I was like, "You're gonna get the poor guy in trouble." Pretty sure he can do that all by himself. It's true. Well, anyway, let's introduce our guest. As Mark said, it is a Monday evening and it's late. So thank you for coming here after work. I mean, she's worked a whole day today and now Charlie Rose. How many clients do you see today? <laughs> I typically see five patients in a day. Um, today was unless, five? Uh, uh, time six, actually. Mm, nice. Yeah. One so, hours? Uh, range. You, 60 is my minimum, but 90 to two hours. Usually the two hours are for the expecting parents that need a little bit more per, um, for positional, what have you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. cool. so Charlie Rose has had a busy day and then came all the way across the city to come hang out with us and sit on our couch. Yeah, and I yeah. sound like I've had a weekend. I have no idea why. Starting on Friday, I started losing my voice. I'm not why. sick, but I sound really raspy today. And we this is our second podcast today. And I sounded worse on the first one. So you guys are getting a better version of me right now. Sweet. <laughs> Yes. Well, the first one was in our podcast, so that's okay. Yes, I'm that's kidding, true. Sue and Marsha. <laughs> kidding. Yeah, we were guests on somebody else's podcast today. Oh, cool. Yeah, they wanted to talk about massage therapy media and learn about it. So it was fun. But now we are going to maybe do an unprofessional hour, maybe just talk some shit. Like, we don't really know, but Charlie is a listener of the podcast and um, has, I think, taken some courses here. So, you know, we said, come hang it on the couch let's shoot the shit let's talk about stuff right yeah we don't even really do much of the unprofessional hour anymore i no, feel like everything is unprofessional i feel like every do. episode bleeds into the unprofessional <laughs> hour at some point so in the last couple times when we actually titled it the unprofessional hour we were like yeah let's go do one it it it, it didn't get unprofessional or it did but in a weird kind of way no, not the should, traditional it, kind of way it, it doesn't so. do that anymore because we end
end up like with every, every single person goes, goes we end up having like deep conversations yes. like it just happens because you meet somebody and they say something and you're like holy shit tell me more about that like you know the last person that was on our couch he lost his eye at five years old oh so how what? do you not go down that path and talk about that right then so, he got a, then he got in a bar fight in his early 20s and damaged his other and eye he damaged his other eye no. yeah. yeah oh my god yeah he's on the countdown to losing his sight whoa yeah, that, that can and, get and real. Then, and, then, and then his daughter has one arm. Okay. It's like everything, anything you can think of, this guy went through. But he's a super positive guy. Well, I guess you have to be. Adapt and overcome. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's get to know you a little bit and see where tonight takes let's us. Let's play fill in the blank. Oh my gosh, okay. Ready? Yes. Ready? Sure. I love being an RMT because... The, the thing I've learned about massage therapy is that it is the ultimate trust fall. So patients that I don't know, um, most of them are patients I don't know. And then they decide to come and visit me either based on a recommendation or have you. The trust fall that they have of, okay, I'm going to come in. I'm going to sign all these consent forms. I know absolutely nothing about you, but I will undress to my level of comfort, get onto this table and allow you to start touching me ethically. It's weird. Uh, yeah, and, it's weird. We and, always say it's weird. Absolutely, and and patients are like, no, I have a, I have a good feeling about you, or I heard good things about you. So, uh, to be trusted is a greater compliment than to be loved, as far as I know. Um, you can also love people in a lot of different ways, but it's it's impressive to me that I can be my genuine self of holding space for people and having them come in and have that trust fall with me, and. I tell them whether or not you want to come back, whether you want to see somebody else, please. You know, it's your money. It's your body. You choose. So that's, I love it because I can. I love it because they trust me and I enjoy having patients take that chance on me. Why do you use the term patient versus client? Uh, because I'm a healthcare practitioner. So you're from another province, you'd be client? I guess so. Hmm, curious. Yeah. Yeah. Client I associate more with... Uh, I used to work a hundred years ago um, in more of a client setting. So it was more of spa. It was more of, um, I worked in uh, private uh, membership clubs. So everyone there was a member. So I just kind of adapt to where I am. So because I work in multidisciplinary clinics, mm. uh, for me, it's it's easier to say patient, but it's also, I feel like I give them um, that respect so that they give me the respect of being an RMT. Mm. I found that when I, that dichotomy of client versus patient has a bigger yeah. effect. I feel like client is definitely more associated with service. And like, we do kind of fall somewhere in the middle. I mean, mm. there's a lot of things that can make us, I mean, you go to an unregulated province and it is, it is a service, right? And there are people who still look at massage therapy as a luxury service. When you go to a spa, you're getting services, right? Yeah. Some It's even services menu. But if you're working in a certain type of setting, like you said, and you're in a multidisciplinary clinic where you've got other practitioners that are mm -hmm. referring to this person as a patient, it'd be really weird if suddenly they were your client. Yes. So it makes sense that if you are performing treatments and you are treating this like healthcare, which it is, mm -hmm. then it would be patient. I find it interesting that the college tends to use the word client in a lot of their documents, yes. but I'm more than certain the RHPA, of course the RHPA because it applies to all regulated professions, it's confusing as fuck. Like our own governing body in their own documents is saying client, client, client. Maybe you should check that out to make sure I'm right on that. But Yeah, there's. I've seen a lot of discussion about it online too. I actually saw a post not long ago and I don't remember what it was even in regards to, but somebody was you know, just asking an innocent question 
question, looking for advice from other therapists. Like, mm. I have a client with this, 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 this. Like, you know, can you guys help me? And somebody's response was like, you're a healthcare provider. They're your patient, not your client or something like that. It's <laughs> like, come on, man. Give, <laughs> like, them give them a break. And maybe, again, if you work in a setting. Mm. So, for example, we took a tour of a really, really nice spa um, downtown Toronto. We've had the owner on the podcast before, Touch mm. Massage Bar. Mm. The therapists that work there, what they're doing is therapy, but they're also providing um, a little extra. You know, it is a service. They incorporate essential oils and they do Mm -hmm. add-ons like scalp massage to increase relaxation or foot massages, foot soaks. Like, so when you go there, you feel like you're getting this sort of pampering kind of service. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I understand why they might say client. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it devalues them as a therapist because what they're doing is therapy and it's great, but it doesn't feel as much like healthcare versus if I came to see you, mm-hmm. it would probably feel a lot more like you healthcare. know what. So just just to kick in the the, yes. the the Massage Therapy Act actually does use client all over the place. It doesn't. It do, I, so far I haven't seen anything in reference to patient in the Massage Therapy Act. Fascinating. Huh. Maybe patient. I mean, the way I've always viewed it is patient is reserved for somebody who is really coming for maybe an actual, whether it's a concern or some kind of like healthcare maintenance. But Mm -hmm. if it's like, you know, the person who comes to get a massage twice a year, so like, I just like massage. Yeah. Like in that sense, I don't feel weird about calling them a client because really I'm just, they're giving me money to make them feel good for an hour. Oh yeah. Okay. Or you're a client. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I'm not so, I don't get so hung up on semantics. I'm like, I don't care. Neither do I, whatever uh, practitioners want to use, whatever terminology they want to use. Absolutely. I just feel that patient rolls off the tongue better for mm-hmm. me than client. Yeah. Um, I feel that it does add some weight, some validity, some thing to, to our profession to kind yeah. of establish that we are healthcare practitioners, that we yeah. are on par with chiros and physios and naturopaths and that we don't need to be charging HST because we're not a service because we're an essential service and the pandemic made it that way. So if that's happening, why are we charging? I know we're in such HST. a weird spot. Like it needs to happen. Are we essential? Are we not essential? Are yes. we service? Are we healthcare? Like we're in such a weird spot. Public perception versus, uh, you know, the RHPA. Like every <laughs> massage therapy is weird. And as Mark always points out, massage in itself means something completely different in different parts of the world. Absolutely. So like our us in Ontario here where we are regulated or in BC where they're uber regulated, like yeah. we are very different than if you were to like, you know, go down to, I don't know, somewhere in the States. I mean, yes, the States, they, they have licenses, but go even- to, Go somewhere in Europe. It's nakedness, it's greasy stuff, and it feels good. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. generally what massage is everywhere. Absolutely. I, I had a um, insightful person in my life once say that massage therapy is, I'm, I'm going to come into this dimly lit room and you're going to massage me with some nice music playing and rub oil all over my body and I'm going to pay you for that and that's a medical treatment. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's that's exactly was that insightful person Mark because I feel like I've almost well, heard those exact <laughs> words come out of because because someone else will bite your head off for fucking saying that they like they could but I mean like get Ben <laughs> seriously but even someone that would 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 be all over with you about the use of the word patient yeah. they would also be probably the same person that would quickly come up and bite you bite your face off for saying what you just said oh, I, sure. I agree with what you said bring I, it it's funny. It's such a weird go. I, I think we have bigger um, bigger issues to deal with rather than patient versus 
client. Okay. Right. Let's, uh, before we get into some of the bigger issues, how long have you been a therapist? Oh, a while. <laughs> we, we talking, we talking over over ten years a while. We are. Talking did you go over straight? Did you go years? straight from high school? I did not. I did not. I um, graduated from post secondary and then had the opportunity to pursue something um, and massage therapy. Oh, this is where it's going to sound bad. Massage therapy fell in my lap, so <laughs> I was like, "All right, I can, I can do this." What, what were you doing before massage? Then I like, would rather not say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then, what made you? What made you? It fell in your lap. How does how does how does massage fall in your lap? Well, Mark, let me tell you. Um, at a continuing education fair, it's not a very sexy answer. Um, at a continuing education fair, there was you know all these other things that you could do with your life um, post secondary. So one of them was massage therapy. There were a few other um, opportunities, but that one really caught caught my eye. Caught my attention. Did you have experience with massage? Like, I know, um, you know, I won't say how because it's none of your business, people. But uh, Charlie Rose and I have some mutual friends. Sure do. We know some of the same circles of people, but we didn't realize that until a few days ago. Um, <laughs> so I know that, you know, there was a time where you were like a pretty serious athlete. When you were an athlete, were you getting therapy? Okay. So that that's a excellent caveat into or segue segue into um, this portion. So massage therapy was available, but it wasn't a, like a priority for me at the time. There was also, I didn't even know athletic tape was um, available either. And that would have saved me from a lot of injuries, but here we are. Um, long story short, yes, massage therapy was introduced to me as a treatment option. Um, uh, I want to say like a recovery option, not even a self-care, not a post-care. It was a recovery option for me along with chiropractic. So that's how I was, one of the ways I was first introduced. Okay. And then you're at this career fair. Yeah. And, yeah massage you it, catches your eye. Catch, what about it catches your eye? Um, that I can uh, make money off of, what's the right word? Um, it's not just cut and dry Cairo and physio. There's other options available. Uh, at some point, I will be an osteopath. That is my end game. Um, so it, it's, there's, once I realize that this is kind of the gateway career into others, then I'd realize, oh, like maybe I can actually make a good career out of this as opposed to going into academia, pursuing my master's and my PhD, which I'm very happy I did not do. So I have to ask, and I know Mark mm -hmm. might be thinking it, a lot of RMTs take that path. They do RMT, yeah. a regulated yeah. profession, and then decide to become manual osteopathic practitioners. Yes. Why? Explain the thought process from regulated to unregulated and why massage was first. I don't think it has anything to do with regulated or not regulated. I think it's, oh, go ahead. No, that's right. It has nothing to do it with it. It has everything to do with your exposure to seeing certain things and recognizing that's stuff that I want to be able to offer my clientele. And I don't have the knowledge of it. And if I probably knew about this before I went to R&T school, but I might not have gone to R&T school. she just said at the career fair, yeah. massage caught her eye because there was other opportunities. Yeah. So- you were obviously already looking at massage as being a first step. Into something, yes. Uh, because I did, uh, actually, when I first went to university, I applied for kin. I wanted to go into kinesiology. I am so glad I didn't do that. Did you know that one of their courses is running? Like, 
like you actually we, have to we, run. We both have kin oh, yeah. degrees. Isn't we, that ridiculous? We, no, one of the well, one of the courses is swimming. No, by the way, <laughs> I am not a swimmer. I, I am not a runner. Not not unless something's chasing me or someone. In most undergrad physical education programs, for anyone that doesn't know, because there's a bunch of massage therapists that won't know, that you have to take practicums. You have to take yeah. practical classes. Yeah. And so they're broken up into different different things like individual sports, team, team sports, sports, racket sports, uh, aquatics, uh, dancer movement, all this kind yeah. of stuff. And depending on where you go to school, it actually works out really really well. So for example if you're going to pursue a teaching degree then this allows you to you know move into whatever school and specialize in this kind of sport or whatever the case is or if you're at a program that has that that is part of the 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 national the national certification coaching program then yeah, I have the, my level one in exactly like the, the more the more <laughs> the more of these practical courses you've taken will add to you becoming a leveled coach so if you've taken like you know all four volleyball classes then that would be like your level three technical and then you'd have to go get your other levels to in theory, but you know, it's to, so to become funny a that you say coach. that that like sort of deterred you. From but it does kid. suck. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> because when I first <laughs> found out, like, I mean, I was always a, f- a relatively a relatively athletic child, but then when I went to high school, I kind of like got in with the wrong people. I shouldn't say that. It's it's not the people. <laughs> it was my choices that I preferred to be like you know, hanging out with my friends after school versus, you know, going to practice for something. So I actually quit all team sports when I went to high school, which was kind of crazy when I think about it, because I was like top of my class when I was, you know, a little kid, like a 13 year old runner. I was like super fast. And then I decided I'm I'm not going to do anything in high school. So I didn't do any team sports or any sports period. And then I decided I wanted to do kinesiology because I was really into fitness. And at the time I was working at a gym and it just seemed to make sense. And then I get there and I find out that I have to do, as Mark said, one team sport, one aquatic, one individual. This is the part that fucking sucks about it. Because everyone listening to this is like, oh, so it's like high school gym, you go play sports. No. But no, no. this happens. You have three, six this happens, fucking weeks to get good happen, at something. But not yes. only that, each one of these things is three times a week for a minimum of one hour. And most of the time they're at eight o'clock in the morning. And, yeah. But there's, uh, where I was, they were scattered all over the place. But nonetheless, it is a full fucking class you mm-hmm. still have to take. It's something that occupies your time. Yep. And you have to be there. You can't skip it. Like attendance is a big part of it. And then there's 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 a theoretical examination. There's a practical examination as part of this thing. Yes. So it's a full fucking class on top of it. That doesn't count anything. I really It doesn't go to your GPA. It doesn't go to your GPA. It goes nowhere. It's, so, it's just a requirement for the program. So it fucking sucks to have to be at York University yep. to be in the pool at 7.30 a.m. and then to be in fucking exercise physiology at 9 o'clock right after that yeah. and then to go back to, to, to track two to fucking do hurdles at like, you know, 11.15. It fucking sucks. You're so just running around I campus. I was stupid like enough to dummy. think because it doesn't <laughs> go towards your GPA. So true. I was yeah. stupid enough to think that like... The, it's like you get a participation medal basically I was stupid enough to think like okay you take this class oh, no, like, you get you're not gonna fail if you're not good oh no like you will fail you if fail. you're not good so yeah. in swimming it was like oh you have to do this speed swim and like this is the, this is how fast you have to swim in order to pass this class and I was like well I'm fucked yep. like I'm the worst swimmer I had six weeks to get to basically <laughs> learn how to swim and then do it fast. Every everyone <laughs> okay. everyone who hates the pool always saves that for like their last no, year. No, I did it. I did it right away because I was good. like, oh, get man. this fucking out for of me, my way. Yeah. Everyone yeah, in my not a good everyone in my program that I was in classes with were all like 
fucking you hate swimming too, eh? Because we're like in the end of fourth year <laughs> in, in like in like sw- in swimming one. Yeah. And so arms crossed. Then we have to get into the pool, and then the instructors are going to determine what level we are at because that'll determine what your practical exam is going to be like. What's your speed got to be like? What's your endurance got to be like? Based on are you a beginner, intermediate, or advanced? And so, so I-, I discovered all this. Not to cut you off, but this is what I discovered when I was going into Canada. I was like, oh hell no! And I'm like, okay, I might I, I can get through the running thing. Like I have asthma. No, man, I'll, I'll get sucks. through it. But no. I was like, mm, so I jump, no. I jump in the pool and I pretend to God I can't swim. Okay, and I'm like, I don't know, I've never been to a pool in my life, and I'm kicking around, and they're like, you're at least an intermediate, go in the intermediate, <gasps> and that meant that meant my my endurance test was like 74 lengths of the pool oh. from like 20 something. I'm so glad I didn't go to York. It fucking like sucked. I didn't have to do anything that aggressive. <laughs> I'm trying to see like, oh, is that your degree up there? Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went to Western, yeah. and I guess maybe good, because we drank a lot, I didn't have to do anything that aggressive. <laughs> Nice, nice. It was a good time, though. I, w- I won't. I wouldn't take it back. I had a good yeah. time. In no, I had a fantastic yeah. time. You know what sport I really, really became like obsessed with when I was there? It was tennis. I I had never played tennis before, and my racket sport that I chose yeah. was tennis. And by the second class, I was like, I'm not very good, but this is fun. Like I really, really <laughs> I didn't loved like tennis, tennis. Uh, but but because of it, I picked up squash. Oh, and I nice. played I played squash for fucking a long time after that one Remember class. Remember when we used to be active? Yeah. Oh, yes. And like I was saying this morning, yes. I don't have to worry about blowing out a knee, being sedentary. <laughs> <laughs> MSK injuries ain't going to happen yeah. here. Ain't going to happen. Well, right. I mean... I mean, degenerative shit, but like <laughs> acute MSK is not happening here. Not gonna happen right. here. See, I'm just keeping myself safe. <laughs> Some it's call it lazy. Policy. I call it safety. Oh yeah. my goodness, I I would agree with that. So then, Charlie, yes. you go to massage therapy school. Yes. Where'd you go to school? Where'd you go to school? Yeah. If you, if, oh, unless maybe, you don't want to say, it's up to you. Say. Okay, private career college or community college? Private career college. What made you choose the college you chose? Uh, honestly, they were the ones that presented themselves the best. What does that look like? Um, they actually uh, gave s- concrete examples of like, these are our graduates. This is what they've done. Um, I, just the way that the course was set up, just the reputation that they've had, the right. years that they have been in, uh, I want to say teaching practice and what have you so the, right. the directors seemed extremely knowledgeable and they weren't just like yeah we're gonna take your money i'm like no you guys have been here for a while i feel like this is a good thing was that the first school you checked out <clears throat> it was and uh the other two didn't even compare so you went to two other schools to, uh, to look around i, to I did the, the orientation yeah gotcha and that was, was enough like, to yeah. be like fuck this i'm out pretty much yeah i was yeah. like okay. uh, yeah. it's so interesting i'm i'm so careful not to swear because of the little people in my house uh but i realized here that i can't swear so yeah I, I literally walked in the door of the other place. I was like, yeah, fuck this shit. You guys don't know what you're doing. And I also don't really trust you with how pushy you are being with like, oh, if you just sign here. I'm like, mm, right. no, that's not how that works. It's so, so weird. It's so weird. But I, I I like to hear how people end up deciding. I'm really curious as to, because everyone's got a fucking different reason. Like the last person that sat on the couch was like, because I had a family and I worked and this was a night class and it worked out. That's what I needed and, and yeah. it fit fine. Yeah. They couldn't care less about anything else. But yeah. Uh, I think I just found that they, maybe this is one of my downfalls, but I'm okay with it. I'll stand by it. It's a, an intuitive thing. So I just, I trusted them. Right. I trusted them with what they were offering. Um, as I say, they seemed knowledgeable and, and I really disliked how everybody presented. So I was like, I, I can take a chance. Interesting. How was school for you? Did you find it easy? Was it like challenging? Challenging. So I discovered when I was in post secondary that I, well, sorry, I discovered when I was in high school that I am partially dyslexic. Okay. So I was able to kind of figure out how to 
manage that. And then in post-secondary, um, I had not only that learning disability, but I never said officially that I was. Um, so I never got any special treatment, which I, looking back now, I probably should have taken it. Um, but in terms of like how massage therapy was, so I studied the English language, uh, Latin specifically. So everything in the body is written in Latin. So I was able to translate things if I was losing my way, going through learning, be it anatomy, be it physio, pathophysio, uh, neurology, I was able to translate it. So that was my saving grace. Language. Yeah. How did you stumble across the dyslexia? How did you figure that out? Um, so I spoonerize words. Um, I would be attempting to read out loud and realize that yeah. I flipped the words. Right. Um, and um, it was a subtle thing that I was consciously aware of. So before I say anything out loud, I say it in my head first. And then I'm so like, so this wasn't, right this wasn't like a teacher or something saying, Hey, listen, you might, oh, no. you might, this was all you, this was all me. Hmm. Um, and I read a lot, a lot. Uh, one of the best parts about being uh, a latchkey kid is that I was home before anybody else was in the family and I was able to just hunker down and just read books and immerse myself in books. So if I saw syntax being written correctly X amount of times, then I was able to get that into my vernacular, my daily right. vernacular. So mm. and it's like using $10 words like vernacular. <laughs> I love that you called yourself a latchkey kid, by the way, because yeah. Mark always associates that associates that like strictly with Gen Xers. I'm like, no, no, us older millennials mm. also had no parents at home. Yeah. The original millennials. Yes. yes. Yeah. Or geriatric millennials, I think. We are actually called geriatric millennials. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Okay, we're the oldest. We're the oldest millennials. Yeah, we're the, we're the OG. Yeah, I know, I, I know. That's why, but that's why I've always related me. Like, better. Gen X to... just don't give a shit about any of you guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but that's why I've always related better to Gen Xers because, like, my younger brother—he's six years younger than me. Like, he's a millennial. Yeah. And to me, that's who millennials are. Like, my yeah. brother and his friends. Yeah. Like. No, man, like I'm an old lady. <laughs> I'm right? not one of you. Yes. Okay, if you put a cassette tape down in front of me and a pencil, I understand the correlation. Mm -hmm. Whereas some other My brother would have yeah. no idea. Whoa, he's writing his name on it. He's like, go ahead, I label it mine. <laughs> <laughs> rewind that, motherfucker. Rewind that. I don't want to rewind this. <laughs> but yes, we were also latchkey kids. But then, you know, as it got later and later and later, you know, parents started actually, you know, making sure there was an adult home when their kids got home from school. <laughs> I don't know. I think that uh, learning at risk or living at risk is smart. You know, like how else are you supposed to make sure the kid's not going to burn the house down? Yeah. Well, it's like if nobody's here to save you, if nobody's coming to save you, then don't do it. Yeah, like I was babysitting neighborhood kids at 12 years old. So yeah. That's the thing. The whole thing, the whole thing blows my mind. And this is what blows my mind. All of us sit back and go, those are the glory times. Those are the glory years. That's when things were good. We all say that. And but none of us it. actually <laughs> do any of the shit that we say we we loved and it was the glory shit. Yeah, my we were outside playing till the street lights came up. And my parents did had no idea where it was all day long. And that <laughs> was the glory here's days, the problems, right? One, we would be like, you'd be mom shamed right now. <laughs> Two, the internet, do you feel the internet has that? made you a very like very aware that there are literally sexual predators like the minute you walk out the everywhere. door they're so are there everywhere. more sexual predators no, no we just, just now we just know, know about them no better do better my friend to believe <laughs> i get it but we've been conditioned to believe that there are sexual predators everywhere yeah there was a person on our morning walk today who was significantly older who was wearing a pair of door of the explorer knee socks and i'm like why would 
you want to be wearing that? Are you a predator? Are you trying to target my child, children? Like, what is happening here? I know. And I'm like, on, why would my mind go there? We're on such high alert, though. So, okay, this morning, I dropped my kids off at their first day of summer camp. And Yay. yeah, I was like signing them in. And I stepped aside, and the dad behind me started talking up the two camp, camp counselors. And they were adorable little 23 year old, like Aww. cute little women. And he, I swear to you, and I, I, I don't know that I heard it properly, but this is immediately where my head went. I swear he said to his daughter, oh, look, there's all different ages of girls here. You're going to have a great time. Plus, you've got these hot camp counselors. <gasps> and I was like, did he just fucking say that? Did he just <laughs> like, and I was immediately like angry and like, yeah. what? Why are you talking to these these 23 year olds like that? But then I was like, okay, hey, calm down, Amanda. Maybe he didn't <laughs> say that. Like, maybe you're hearing things, but yeah, we're on high alert. There's sexual predators everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Can I just say I have not been catcalled since I became a mother and I'm deeply disturbed by this. I know. I'm like really upset. I mean, I'm not. I need the validation. But- <laughs> okay. I always got catcalled. That is that is how I know I'm doing okay. Everybody gets catcalled. And if you're not getting catcalled, you don't have game and that's bad. Okay. That's bad. Charlie, do you remember the first time you walked into like an LCBO and didn't get ID'd? Yes. Like, did it stab you in the heart? I was... I was deeply depressed. That's for a why few I days. kept my sunglasses on because when they do ID you, <laughs> and then I took them off, I was like, "Oh, sure, here's my ID." Yeah, <laughs> sorry, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, someone called me ma'am. I was like, I will slap you into next week. Do you remember when you and I were out somewhere, Mark? It was like years ago. We went to a club, and you got ID'd, and I was like, "Come on." Like, yeah. come off it. He's like 40. And he got ID. I, I, was, I used to get ID for cigarettes all the fucking time. That was only like two years ago. And some guy huh? took his ID and then went, oh, sorry, sir. <gasps> you should be sorry, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your lunch money. What the fuck? You know what I mean? I know. It's like some 25-year-old ID. I'm looking you. at him. I'm, I'm, Look, you probably can't even do the math on this. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 19 what? Oh. oh, I love when I see on uh, when you do go to the LCBO, they have on their screen, if you're born before 2003, you're two. And I was like, 2003? Yeah. When the shit did so that happen? all they have to do is look at the 19 on our card and yeah, they stop looking. Like, yeah, go. <laughs> Just go. Just get out of here. <laughs> That's true. Just go. It's made it all easy for me. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, what was your first job at a school? Like, did you go right into um, multidisciplinary? Did you do a bunch of different things? I want to hear a little bit about your career history since oh, okay. we don't know how long you've been a therapist because apparently you can't count that far back. No. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Uh, no. So I've been a therapist actually uh, coming up on just shy of 15 years, actually. Okay. So I feel like I, I might be at my peak. I don't know. Is that is that a thing? I've been told that that like once you hit like between ten and fifteen, you're at your peak. Um, so my first job out of massage therapy school, mm-hmm. actually, I I had to go back to my previous life just to make enough money so that I could pay for the exams, which is another rant that I have. Um, it was a it was a solid amount of money that you know we had to come up with, but that's okay. Um, and then. Uh, so basically I went back into food services, back into catering and that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of, I don't want to say quick money, but it was a lot of like, Hey, you know, this is going to happen. Save a pandemic. Yeah. You know that you're going to be getting money, um, kind of thing. So, cause events happen, mm-hmm. right? People are always having events, yeah. save a pandemic. <laughs> so, uh, so that was a saving grace. And then, um, I was working part-time massage therapy at a clinic and that, uh, learned a lot. Like every clinic that I've been to, uh, I purposely wanted to work there so that I could pick up. This is what I would do in my clinic. This is 
hell no what i would never fucking do in my clinic and and give me an example of a hell no you do not ask your therapist to work front desk for free and then turn around and say that you're gonna hire front desk staff because if you're gonna hire front desk staff you're gonna pay me to sit in this chair and warm it for you the balls on these clinic owners hey um you're a massage therapist (laughs) when you're not busy you are doing laundry um fuck you no <laughs> hmm. fuck do i look like to you um what else uh oh i can do filing when i'm not busy i'm like i don't know if you're aware of this but i'm i'm busy and i don't stick around for fun i stick around to collaborate with my um other healthcare practitioners so no i'm not i'm not here to do laundry i'm not here to do dishes or do filing i'll do my own filing but that's about it this is pre-jane time so hmm. yeah uh yeah and then kind of from there went uh, to different industries, different clinics, and then decided that, yeah, I'm really happy multidisciplinary clinics. I really enjoy working with others that are respectful of uh, the profession. So some were not, some were. It's um, really funny. That really tells you what someone thinks of you. Someone thinks of you as a professional. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely fucking, in the other Do some fucking category. filing. Yeah. When you're not busy, why don't you fold some fucking laundry? Yeah. So I went for an interview it's, it's, it's like years ago. Probably when we moved back east, like when we moved to Scarborough, um, I was looking to leave my Midtown clinic, not because I didn't like it, but because the 45 minutes each way just became stupid. I'm like, you know how much more I could do with my day? You could throw a stone at 7,000 clinics in this neighborhood. Right. So I was like, okay. 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I need to find something like Scarborough, Pickering, Markham. You know, like, let me find something in this zone. So I went for an interview at this place in Markham. I would have done Scarborough, 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 but whatever. (laughs) Well, it depends though, because where we live, sometimes it's like... Much quicker to like, you know, drive oh, yeah, 15 yeah, yeah. minutes north and I'm in Markham, and, you know, so yeah. get it, got it good. I went for an interview at this place in Markham, adorable little clinic. Like it looked like it used to be a house. It was in like, you know, one of the more historical parts of Markham. It was so cute. And it was in a really cute little neighborhood. So as soon as I got out of the car, I was like, oh, I have a good feeling about this. Like, it's so adorable. I love this because the last clinic I was at was a family like wellness center. You know, we had like kids drawings at the front desk. And like, that was the kind of vibe <laughs> I liked where it was just kind of like cozy and cute. And, you know, I, I didn't really necessarily <laughs> want this big medical kind of building you know i wanted something that was just really welcoming and comfortable yeah so i go into this place i meet the owner and right off the bat like literally i hadn't been in there six minutes and he starts telling me so the therapists here they all you know pick up odd jobs around here so if you're not treating you know you might wipe down some counters or sweep the floor that and he's going through this and i'm like are you hiring a massage therapist or fucking housekeeping staff like what no no this is not what's going to happen and the pay structure there was a split so i was like so let me get this straight i get a split when i have my hands on people yeah but when my hands are not on people and i'm sweeping your floors i'm doing that out of the goodness of my heart yeah i can sweep my own floors yeah. and nobody's gonna pay me why am i gonna sweep your <laughs> floors and nobody's gonna pay me so yeah i left there really quick see the problem yeah. is because people fucking do it people fucking do it yeah if no one did it then you can't you can't ask somebody to do this and 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 really think it's gonna happen you know the thing is i think okay so for example i mean the the first place i ever worked at where i was renting midtown um she had 
professional cleaners come in. So we didn't have to do it. But like, I also didn't mind when I wasn't busy sort of like, you know, organizing stuff at the front. Like it wasn't an expectation on me, but because I was so happy there, like I also took pride in being there. So like if files were a mess, I would just go clean them up. Or if she was really like busy with it, she was a chiropractor. If she was really busy with patients, I would be happy to answer the phone for her book a patient's follow up. Like it didn't bother me at all. It was not an expectation, but it's it was like, out. you know, we all work together and let's make this place function really well yeah. versus this guy saying, well, if you're not busy, you can sweep the floor. I'm like, the fuck I will. Exactly. I'm, I'm curious what happens when you're not busy and you don't sweep the floor. I'm yeah, curious, well, I'm that curious too. what happens. I mean, that was the first thing I said. I was like, okay, so so do the naturopaths and the chiros and the physios all partake in this um, joint housekeeping effort? Uh, they're like, no. I'm like, okay. So, what sets me apart? Oh, what was the answer to that? A, a stunned silence, and then a little bit of a guttural, like, uh, and I was like, okay, great, good talk. I won't be in touch. So, I would have stayed for an answer. Oh I no, I it, I it was a good, it was a good two minutes of the guttural, like, I, well, yeah, well, 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 and I wouldn't have let that go. I just would have been like, take your time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was expecting to be here for a little bit. So, <laughs> whenever you can come up with an answer to that, that'd be great. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's a uh, a line of self respect versus you know, like I'm yeah. I'm not going to sit here and listen to you. I, I guess I've I've heard a lot of lip service in my life, if that makes sense. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm pretty much already know what you're going to say. Oh, you know, everyone helps out. You know, it's a team effort. I'm like, it's not a team effort if I'm the only one. Yeah, absolutely so, not. And as you to your point that yes, I've done that as well, where I will be at the clinic and be like. I can sweep this or like someone walked in with, you know, muddy boots, like, okay, I can throw like some paper towel down and pick it up. You know? Well, exactly. When you work at a place and you enjoy working yes. there, there is a sense of, and that's the thing is I always used to say this and I've said it multiple times on uh, episodes as well. You want to build a team of people that treat this like their own place, right? If you're mm-hmm, a clinic mm-hmm. owner, you want to build a team of people that are like, I am proud to work here yes. and they want the clinic to be, because ultimately if the clinic's busy, everyone's happy, everyone's successful, yep. that's fantastic. Yeah. You're If you can't keep your staff happy, nope. that's never going to happen. And how do you think you're going to keep your staff happy if you're treating them like- yep. the- I- Cleaning service. I've done not it. that there's anything wrong with being a cleaner, no, but no. I'm a regulated healthcare professional. I am not a cleaner. It's, it, yes. it's so yeah. much. It is so much about the environment there. Like I have been in these scenarios where I'm in a clinic and that's not my job, and the receptionist is not there, and the physio is doing his thing, and I'll answer the phone. And then I've also been in other places where like. I will stand by the phone and just watch it ring like crazy because that ain't my fucking job. Because (laughs) I don't really care. You know, in those places where I'm happy to do shit, it's because this work environment made me want to participate that way versus anywhere else that treated me, you know, very much like, I don't know. I just, I I, I recall many times just literally standing by the phone going... I ain't picking you up. There's and watching way, staff walk by staring yeah. at me like, are you going to pick that up? Like, no. No, no I'm not. No, it's not there is job. a way to do it properly. And, you know, I've brought yep. up this other clinic that I worked at here in Scarborough. Um, the way she had things set up, I just thought was brilliant. Every therapist rented their own space. So we yes. all kind of like ran our own practice, but under her umbrella. And it was, you know, the clinic was 20 plus years old. So it had a great reputation. Walk-ins were through the, like we had like 75 people wow. walk through the door a month, like new wow. people. So there was no lack of patience there. And and, you know, she had some part-time front desk staff, but they were part-time. So, right. you know, if I was working until 8 p.m., yeah, probably the front desk staff was gone. So I'd be, you know, possibly doing some light admin stuff. But when I first went in there for the interview, she basically told me, like, you're free to do what you want. You don't have patience. You don't have to be here. I don't expect you to stand here for walk. And like all of the stuff that 
should happen. Yeah. You know, like if I'm running my own business here, I should be able to do it how I want. She's like, you set your own hours. You like, I don't care what you do. This is how much you pay me in rent per month yes. and, you know, do what you got to do. She said, the only thing is I provide all the linens and I have mm -hmm. on-site laundry. She's mm -hmm. like, the only thing I ask is when you're between patients, if you see that like a load is done in the in the dryer, maybe take it. She goes, you don't even have to fold it. Like, I don't care if you, I don't even expect you guys to fold stuff, but take it out. You put the stuff from the washer. Like basically that was it is every yeah. single person that went back there, we would all just rotate laundry all day. So it wasn't like one person was doing laundry. I never felt like, oh my God, I've been doing laundry all day. Yeah. It's maybe twice I went back there and put some sheets in a washing machine yeah in you know a 10-hour day yeah so never bothered me at all I never felt like oh I'm doing other people's laundry it was like no we're all just keeping the laundry going yes so all of us have clean sheets and it was fucking awesome that we had a washer and dryer on, on site, site and she provided all the linens <laughs> I'm like I'm not going to complain so one fucking bit about this where, where are you working now multidisciplinary clinic I'm working in two multidisciplinary you're clinics. on a split yes. I am on a split at both places. Yes, is it is it the clinic's job for you to be busy, or is it your job for you to be busy? Who's who's responsible for 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 getting you clientele in your mind? Uh, well, it's stated in my contract that both clinics will find me patients, but patients have also followed me in my right allegedly fifteen year career. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, because um, there's no real right or wrong way to do it. But I'm curious as to how a lot yeah. of people have it done. So your your well, places, the clinic is they view that as their responsibility to keep yes, you as a massage therapist busy. Yes, and I said so. This is a split. This is these are the services that I offer. And just actually circling back to what we were talking about with, uh, okay, so if you come in, like I I do use steam towels, and I did pick that up when I did work in a spa environment, which. There's so many things that can be incorporated into massage therapy that is in spa environments that do make your patients come back. And it's it's really so it's it's a high value to them, low cost to us. Yeah, it's so easy. Super easy, right? Um, throw a salt lamp in the room. Boom. Oh, I love coming in here. It's so relaxing. Really? You know, I had one patient come in by the he's a scientist. He came in, he's like, Oh, I see you have a salt lamp. And oh. like immediately I was like, Here mm -hmm. we go. And he's like, Did you know that those actually don't do what you think they do? And I got a forty five minute lecture really? on salt lamps. I would have been like <laughs> I yeah. just I just like the color of it. And you that, know that's exactly what I say. At I'm the like, very, nice. at the very end, I was like, yeah, but it's orange and yeah. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's actually a placebo effect. It reminds you of the sun, reminds you of a sunset, perhaps being on a beach, perhaps being on vacation. You know, maybe it's just meant to be nice. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> is, that, is that okay? Just nice? Yeah. But I agree with you. There's lots of things yes. that you can pick up from spa therapists that yes. are very easy to incorporate and it makes a patient feel like you just, they got like just that little bit of extra and they feel just yes. a little bit better. Even something as simple as like, I have the most basic, I'm sure you can guess. I was going to say either of you can <laughs> guess, but Mark doesn't deal with oils. I have the three oils that you expect an RMT mm -hmm. to have yes. and they're always there and available if you wanted me to add them to the lotion for you. Yes. And that simple thing, like someone will be like, oh, I love that you have this. It, it's so helpful. Right. And low cost to us, high value to them. Yep. Right? And this is the weird part. Yes, Tommy. Because right now you guys are talking like you have clients. No, talking like I have patients. Mm. It's all about the ambiance. I told you, trust fall. Mm. If you create a trusting environment. It's interesting. If you create a trusting environment, mm -hmm. 
where you're going to trust this person to uh, touch your body. Mm-hmm. And typically, so for example, with the areas of consent, now we're getting into sensitive areas that, um, I mean, I would consider the whole body a sensitive area. Personally, I have patients where I can't touch their ankle unless I tell them beforehand, I'm going to touch your ankle. Yeah. Because they have had a bad experience with that. I have to tell them before I'm going to touch their wrist. I'm going to touch your wrist now. I get or their it. Neck. If you touch my clavicle without telling me, I'm going to punch you right? in the face. Right. <laughs> if somebody comes up behind me to this day of being, you know, in my, in my, um, I'm going to bluff about this in my 30 years of life um, that if someone comes up behind me and touches my shoulder, she's the same age as me. She's lying to you. (laughs) We're going to, we're going to, you know, okay. All right. I see how it is. All right. I see you. I see you. I'm such an ass sometimes. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're just so honest and I love it. Uh, But yeah, uh, to this day, like um, uh, a not so great situation happened when I was younger. And to this day, if somebody touches my, my shoulders from behind, like I, I don't even think you're just going to get a, you're just going to get a hit. It's going to be back end. I'm not even going to think about it. Um, And I've warned people about it. And some people thought it was funny to do. And then, yeah, after I start knocking people out, literally knocking people out because I'm hitting them, either breaking their nose or their chin, it's like, okay, so it wasn't a joke. It wasn't a challenge. It's true. So don't do it. Yeah. Mm. We talked about this the other night. I don't know if you recall. I was probably drunk. What's for dinner? What's drink? What's it was. Dinner? It wasn't Saturday. Uh, no, we were talking about it it's human experience, really. But it was about like how certain people have things that you will never understand because you don't you don't get it from their perception. So, for example, um, I dis- I don't know where this came from. I hate the feeling of bone on bone. Not just like I don't like it, like it makes me want to throw up. And so at night, Mark likes to put his bony fucking legs between my legs, like like my my It's not it's not what happens. Oh my god. <laughs> He's sleeping, even though I do. He likes to put <laughs> like his um like shin like underneath mm. mine. Mm. And that bone on bone, like our tibia is touching, I want to throw up. Mm. Or he'll come up behind me and he'll rest his chin, so bone, on like my C7. I want to throw up. Like I I try to explain to him, like I know it doesn't make any sense to you, but the feeling of bone on bone to me <laughs> is the worst. And maybe that's why I don't like people touching my clavicle. Like it's too much bone. Like mm. the feeling of bone on bone mm. is just awful to me. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got lots of meat on you and you want to come near me, fine. But don't put your bony parts near me. Like I just can't. I just. Are you you describing me? (laughs) I don't know. Nobody can see you. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole. So rewinding the whole client versus patient. Yeah. 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 So it's funny. So client is. I just feel like there's no relationship. There's lack of. Let me rephrase that. I feel that with client, it just implies that there's no um, personable exchange. There's no collaboration. Client right. is, I'm going to give you money and you're yes, going to do you're what I do tell things. you. Yeah. And, and I'm going to pay you for it. Yep. And I'll see you in X amount of months. No, I get it. And I, and I like your answer. I like your answer about the whole trust thing. But these are pieces that you are using to help build the trust, but do come from a service side. Yeah. They come from a service side only because we have told ourselves it comes from a service side. Which makes them from a so, service side for the most part. Okay, but <laughs> but getting to uh 
other things. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, part of the reason that we asked Charlie to come in here tonight, I mean, like I said, she, she listens to the podcast. She's taken some courses. So, you know, we we know each other. And like I said, recently we found out like we really, really know each we other. We really should have known each other <laughs> a lot better. We know a lot of the same people. But anyway, um, she's got some thoughts. Mm. And we don't know whether we agree, disagree, but we wanted to explore these thoughts, these some thoughts about the profession, the college, the all the things. Yes. And uh, I think this is a good time to just let you go and So so we're we are all familiar with the um the fact that the college resides at a very expensive intersection, Young and Davisville, that um our fees keep going up without much in the way of I'm going to say support. So before anybody bites my head off, let me finish my sentence. Support in the way of um, if somebody needs to be investigated, why are you taking the funds from the rest of the profession that if you need to investigate someone that needs to fall to the person who's being investigated. So then you need to send them the $10,000 bill that you allegedly need to pay to investigate a person. I feel that there should be reviews allowed of practitioners because people are good to complain. So we will find out very quickly who the not so great therapists are, those who are behaving badly. Uh, semicolon. I feel like we need to also have, um, before anybody does uh, go to their college exams or perhaps even after they do their college exams so as to not have a bias. But those who were in class with those practitioners give an honest review and say, you know what? I was in school with this person for X amount of years. I don't think that they're in the profession for the right reasons. I don't think that they're a good therapist. I don't think that they're going to uphold the standards, et cetera. That, that is a genuine, honest review that I have. Um, that I think should be how implemented. Do, how do we go about that? I'm going to jump in really quick then. So, it's almost like a peer assessment. So back... <laughs> but don't we, in theory, already have those? <laughs> no, we don't. It's, it's dangerous when you do stuff like that. Though. It can be dangerous. Okay. It can be dangerous. I'll just go back a little bit just to, just to give you some stuff, just in case you didn't know some of these things. Back when they, were, when they were changing the quality assurance program, so they're getting rid of CEUs, they're moving into this Strive program, blah, 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 blah. I went to a lot of the focus groups because I wanted to hear what the plans were because I have a continuing education company I want to know how that's going to get affected. And the one of the first things that they were looking to do was drop the CEUs, which they did really fast, which we, we all knew it was coming. At least everyone that went to the focus groups knew it was coming. <laughs> so I, I did know it was coming in 2018. I just didn't think it was going to happen as fast as it did. And then the other thing that they were looking to do is change the peer assessment. One of the things that they're, that I don't know if they're still kicking around the idea, but they were looking to have a couple parts to your assessment, the quality assurance programming. Mm -hmm. One being the peer assessment, another being clients being interviewed. Yeah. Right. And then getting to, getting to have an idea of your conduct as a therapist based on your client list. And to me, that would just went down scary path, right? That's none of their business. Exactly. And that's how I almost feel about the 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 school peer review type of thing, mm. if that makes sense. Because that can just get really, really scary really fast. And then on top of that, we want to be the regulated healthcare professions. Yes. And 
nowhere else requires that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's like a physio wouldn't have to go through that. A chiro wouldn't have to go through that or whatever, whatever, whatever. But I also recognize like they're not, they're not the ones that are going through 3 million, almost $4 million worth of investigations for, for primarily sexual abuse Mm -hmm. in in cases. Sexual assault. Right. So it's a weird go. And I don't know how that gets fixed. I don't know. I don't know if you can fix it. Okay. I think you have to make a decision. And the decision is, we're going to fix it, but when we do, it's going to be messy. Or we can stay safe, but it doesn't get fixed. So for example, if you're going to start to target therapists that you want to assess, then you're making it messy, but you're doing it for the greater good. Mm -hmm. But you're making it fucking messy in the process. Like, how do you decide that which people you're targeting and blah, 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 blah. Why am I getting assessed versus this person? Like, but it cleans things up really, really fast, but it leaves a wake of fucking destruction in the process. Or you you can't fix it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And you try to do all of these other things to kind of mitigate shit, but you can't really fix it because you want to avoid that fucking dirty mess that can be really, really sticky. If you want to uh, have a profession where you protect the public from the therapist, it's going to fucking get messy. You're going to have to do all the uncomfortable stuff of having a assessment uh, protocol where at quote unquote un- at random, you are going to be assessed. So the way the way that it was described to us, well before it's actually been published that that's what they're looking to do now. Um, the way it was described to us was, and every everyone within the first two years of being in practice was supposed to be targeted, right? Right, mm-hmm. and versus versus the random peer assessments that are supposed to be. In other words, right. we're gonna just fuck the random shit. And we're just gonna go straight <laughs> after these these people in the first two years, type of thing. And I don't know if that's right. Or I don't know if that's wrong. I, I, I find I find the whole thing. I find the whole thing really strange. I find the whole thing slightly disturbing. <laughs> I, I'll tell you why I find it disturbing. I I, I really think, I, if you really want to clean it up. I think you have to do something way more drastic than than target thousands of RMTs. I think you have to change around significantly the requirements to being an RMT. Mm-hmm. I think that's, but that also gets really, really fucking sticky. Do you but see what I'm saying? it's supposed to get sticky. No, I get it. I get it. But I mean, so I, I don't, I don't think that there's, I, I don't think there's a good answer to any of this, but I think that is something that really needs to be considered. Is it the nature of the work that makes a sexual predator get into massage therapy more so than something else? I don't know. Is it the ease at which you can become a massage therapist? Yes. So then we need to start probably there, making the requirements a little bit different. First things first, there's too many fucking schools. Yes. Everybody can just decide, I'm going to open a school today. And it's yes, they have to, they have their, you know, interjurisdictional competencies and they have to develop the curriculum based on this and that and whatever. And they have to register with the ministry and blah, 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 blah. But then who is actually policing these places? Like, again, may, you know, maybe I'm partially to blame because I know firsthand that people have fucking walked by me that have a diploma from certain okay. institutions. Yes. And then I find out they've, Never fucking touch the body. We they talk, don't know what the we fuck talk they're about doing. This a like, lot. We well, talk exactly. about this a lot. And we say that, that at the end of the day, though, regardless of how many schools, regardless of what the quality education is, 
the the licensing exam is the final fucking filter for the most yeah. part. So if you went to a school that you should not have had a diploma in, there should also be no fucking possible way you're going to pass no, a yeah. licensing there exam. Be no way. So like, there's a big fucking problem. So is it the number of schools or is it the ease of which the exam happens? And not to say that you can't be a brilliant sexual predator. Of course you can. But if we're saying that's where you want to start by limiting the amount of RMTs, well, maybe it's not limiting the the fucking the the financial guy that wants to start a school and taking the money out of his fucking pocket. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's at the college level it has to be something different. But what do I know? I'm stoned. No, the college <laughs> the college level definitely. I still can't like I you know I've talked about this before where I had a past student send me a text message that was like I passed my OSCE and I was like. But how? Like, like if my question is, but how? Then I flip flop like crazy. Absolute crazy. Because at the end of the day, you as a therapist, you just got to make sure you're not fucking causing harm to anybody. So what I what I, what I do I mean? want to speak to you yeah. is that. So, for example, I know that Sutherland Chan used to actually conduct interviews before yeah. you, you even went into the school because right. they, they wanted to make sure they, they wanted to vet the process. They want caliber students they want a certain caliber yes. student they they care more about that and their reputation which brings them more high quality caliber students so they can keep going through this cycle right so that's not necessarily like a, a requirement not so it's it's not it's it's great but that's the thing where a man is like there's too many there's so many schools because a lot of schools they don't give a shit you meet the bare minimum requirement which is showing you can you can you can pass this aptitude test yes right yes. and that's about it and 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 you qualify for some sort of step, financing. Step one definitely is decreasing the number of schools. Step two, it should be a little more difficult to get the license because if people are passing that should have never passed schools, there's something wrong with that. But like you said, it's not going to eliminate all of the problems because there are fucking brilliant sexual predators, and you Absolutely. know there could be somebody that went to massage school with maybe pure intentions and then ended up in a treatment room and their fucking true colors came out yeah that's that's absolutely possible i i mean police record checks don't work because they only work if you've been caught exactly or if you have offended before like there's a first time for everything so yeah you just yeah i mean it's like with any profession there's there's people who are gonna do shit that's you can't believe your doctor or your dentist or your massage therapist would do. <laughs> right. Uh, and yes, I would agree to that. Um, I just, I feel like it's, it's a, there's a lot of moving parts to it, but I feel like we can have a hold on it. I feel like we can, but the problem is that there's always going to be, okay, money talks and bullshit walks. That's the long and short of it. So if we have more massage therapy schools and we get more funding and da da da, whether or not people actually pass or you have to have X amount of people pass so that X amount of dollars goes into the school or X amount of dollar goes into the funding from the College of Education Ministry. What is it called? The Colleges of Universities and Ministry. The Ministry of Training Colleges and Universities. That one. That one. (laughs) That one. Uh, So I understand that it's a slippery slope. I understand all of that. But um, there there are people who do show some tendencies when they're in school. We're just kind of like, yeah, okay, you're not in this for the right reasons. So just to be clear, I am not targeting men. There are women who should not be therapists. Absolutely. (laughs) I've unfortunately had the... uh, 
uh, horrific scarring experiences of being on the table of someone who I'm like, oh, this is I am being sexually assaulted as as I lay here. I am not okay with this as a student or no, after. No, this was this was as an RMT, and I am just paralyzed on the table. I'm like, this is happening to me. I am an RMT, and I can't stop this from happening because it's happening. So for a patient to have to voice their concern and say, uh, I don't like what you're doing or what have you. It's, it was just paralyzing to me. So complained afterwards, but you know, they, I didn't, nothing came of it. Like, Oh, it's just a misunderstanding. I'm like, it's not a misunderstanding. It's not like I, I, I am an RMT. This is not a misunderstanding. You, you shouldn't be practicing and yet they're still practicing. So if an RMT complains about an RMT, to limit the number of RMTs, they really have to hurry up the whole accreditation process because that's the point of it. The point of the whole accreditation process is that they will accredit programs mm -hmm. and only someone who's a graduate from that program is eligible to write the licensing exam. Right. So that automatically cuts down a whole bunch of schools that haven't either met the requirements of accreditation mm -hmm. or they haven't bothered or they're still waiting in line. Mm -hmm. But you still... You know, you've you now don't have to deal with that population of people, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, but that's a way to limit the numbers. But that accreditation process seems like it's taking fucking forever. I can imagine it does I take mean, forever anyway. There were weed stores had shops that got faster accreditation than. Just saying, it happened. Oh no, we're opening too many. Oh my god, who's in charge of this? So, yeah. Throw a stone, you hit him at school. It's a weird go though. So fees—that's where we, is that how we started with this? Even uh, it was. I'm just I'm just disgruntled with the fees. So for example, there was a a few years ago, about four years ago, when I had one of my children that uh, I was very pregnant. I was about to give birth and get an email from the college that says, "Hey, by the way, we're raising prices again." And I'm like, "What is happening? I I did not budget for this. I'm about to." bring another human being into the world and I'm not going to be working for at least three months. So that was exciting. And then ended up going back to work uh, when they were six weeks old because I was like, I need to make ends meet. Like I, I need to legally, I need to diaper and feed and clothe this child. So I legally, <laughs> I'm going to have to right, yeah. latchkey. See, you so. know, you know what I, you know what I would push for on all of this and I'd be happy with this type of solution to control the fees. Mm. I'd be happy with this instead of having an inactive fee, which they doubled which is ridiculous. Instead of having an inactive fee and an active fee, you have a set fee that's met somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. And you eliminate the 500 hours of practice that you have to have. One of the arguments to the RMTAO's letter to the college yes. was only 11 of the colleges have an inactive status. Well, if I don't have an inactive status, then you can't have a, a, a stipulation on the number of hours. Yep. Right? That doesn't make sense. Yep. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I would be happy and I can guarantee you, no, I can't guarantee, but I'd like to think a lot of other massage therapists in general and inactive therapists would be like, yeah, I can, I, I'll swing $650 
And just that's my licensing fee, whether I work a lot or a little or whatever the case is. And if I'm going to work, then I have liability insurance. If I don't work, then I don't have liability insurance, right? So I pay a little bit more, but I don't have to ever worry about 500 hours and three years and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah to take this. You know what I mean? I'd I'd pay 650 bucks for that. And then I'm pretty sure you'd like to have a $300 decrease on your (laughs) your active. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think that's a a reasonable go, go between. I don't think there should be an inactive fee personally the whole point of going inactive is so that you you don't have to pay for your license but then you would have to like there's a re-entry um well we don't call it ceu courses anymore but there should be a re-entry like you need to complete these um basically like a mini oski if you will um well that's the thing with holding holding an inactive certificate is that it allows you a certain window of time before you have to do any of that stuff right. right so if i wanted to say like retire my license i can probably apply to get it back and then probably have to do like an oski thing again without without doing the whole inactive thing but that's the biggest part of it it's just like kind of you're still a college member and therefore, it's very easy for you to re-enter yeah. within this this time gap. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I just see the whole of the financial downfall um, that they're putting on us because we can't, like our, our profession does not have uh, a regulated price point. I Okay, so let me let me start from the beginning. I personally feel that the college shouldn't have one central location. It's nice to have a central location, but that should just be like your P.O. box. Like, why can't the college have several locations going into Northern Ontario? Like maybe the central location should be Barrie instead of it being downtown Toronto. Um, at one point, you know, I've, I've met therapists who are in uh, North Bay, Thunder Bay, um, Capus Casing, who are in the middle of, I want to say like in the middle of nowhere, but they're in rural Ontario. They're not going to, you know, find their way down to Toronto. Why should I have to pay X amount of dollars to be part of a profession who's never going to come out here to see me or to self or uh, to peer assess me? Um, have satellite offices. We can do that. Hmm. Uh, I would imagine the answer would be more to a comparison to what other regulated colleges do and how they conduct themselves. But I, I and I'm not I'm not saying this right or this wrong, but mm-hmm. that would be the general answer, right? Is that we'd have to be in the the highest populated area that 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 contains the majority of our member if we're actually going to serve our membership the way we should, mm-hmm. then we should be in the area where they Yeah, accessibility. Would be. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Especially because COVID that, COVID shows you can do fucking anything. Well exactly. exactly. That, that's actually that, where the, being that we are in the capital city, like it it does make sense. But also when we did that episode, when we were breaking down the costs, mm-hmm. yes. didn't we discover that the, this, the, this Midtown office, office really does really... not cost that much? Like this is not the major issue. The major issue is the other issue you brought up. Which is which the investigation. The investigation. Yes. And the like that hearings. is where the money is fucking yeah. going. So for everybody that's upset that their fees keep increasing that seems to be a bigger issue. It's mm. not this midtown office because that was so minor in terms of their budget. I think I'm I'm bitter to be honest <laughs> that they're that they're young in Davisville. I'm just I'm bitter that that where they are. It's, I feel like they're very it's archaic. A con- it's a concern that a, a lot of people a voice. lot of people a lot of people that. voice yeah. that concern. Right. Um. It. I'm not a fan of how, uh, sorry, I realize I tangented on this, but we don't have a set price point fee. Um, so if you go into more rural places, they charge less because they can, because how are you going to charge other people in your community? Um, 
X amount of dollars for a massage uh, when it's just not realistic to the community. So at what point do we, are we healthcare practitioners? Are we covered under OHIP? Are we not? Do we, are, where are we going in this, in this direction? How do we sustain ourselves? Why don't we have a, I understand this is not for the college to do, but it would be nice if the RMTAO invested our money much like they did with the teacher's pension plan. Um, I can't say too much to that, but it would be not, I would pay more if um, we had like a group pension plan. If we had a group, um, I don't want to say benefits plan because I understand that we do, but it's not terrific. So it'd be nice if that game was stepped up. Um, so that that's my two cents. Five cents, since we don't have two anymore. Ten cents. <laughs> Ten cents. Dollar. <laughs> the whole Soka song playing in my head right now. It's a good song. Now we all do. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of the concerns you brought up are concerns I see all the time. I hear all the time, like therapists have a lot of questions about where their fucking money goes and yeah, what they're like getting from it. Where I get lost in the argument, not, not I get lost, but where you guys lose me in the argument, not you guys, but the argument. Use guys. Use guys. Where you guys, where you guys lose me is that like, well, what am I getting for it? Like, that's where I'm like, you're not supposed to be getting anything for any of this fucking shit. You're, you're, you, you pay this fee so you can have this job basically is what yep. you're doing, right? Right. So I'm, I'm all on board until we get to that point. I'm like, you guys were doing so well until you went with this whole, like, what do I get out of it? You get the ability to practice as a massage therapist. Like, that's what you're paying for. Fantastic, and, but and, when is, and you're when not is supposed to be too much, and you're not supposed to be getting you know any more out of it than that. So, but I agree with most of the stuff that people say. But then you you lose me in that spot, and then <laughs> I just guys. get lost in the whole thing, right? Use guys, use guys. But yeah, I I mean, look at other professions. How many? Um, what are they paying for their fees, and don't they have to go through the same thing? Like, at what point is is a thousand dollars going to be enough? Like, like at what point is the CMTO going to going to put a stop to it like do we have a ceiling is it based on how long we've been in, pro- in profession but i know the college bylaws cover all that shit and that's what they're trying to change those bylaws and w- when is it going to be enough it won't it, it, it'll only be enough when someone's able to f- financially budget things properly that's the answer i think i think there might be a day where rmts are paying twelve hundred dollars to 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 uh, operate as an rmt i can see that happening absolutely 100 percent. like at what point do we then get, like can we get we got to get rid of the HST. Like it just, it just doesn't, it's not sustainable. I realize I'm stuttering, but it's just, it, this is just not sustainable. And if it gets to the point of insurance, then, then why it begs the question, why bother being healthcare practitioners? Why being, why bother being covered mm. under insurance? Why don't we just practice without a license? And mm. we just we're then we're unregulated. Like at what point, at what point do we get there? If the college is going to keep, charging us more and more and i invite this conversation with the college i would love to hear from the college in a wonderfully diplomatic open conversation i would love to hear perhaps on this broadcast i would love to have that conversation with them of at what point is this enough so i and nicole nicole kind of hinted at it and i'll say it slightly different how much is it worth for you to be regulated yeah right because because you skip over another province either direction yeah, there's no regulation. Yeah. I, ju- I join an association, I get my insurance, and I go my way, and yeah. I can do what I got to do. So, what is it worth to you, Ontario RMT, to walk around with that with that title of registered massage therapist, even though they use the same bloody registered because they're registered with an association in another province? So your title actually doesn't change itself, but nonetheless. I think a lot of people are kind of kind of getting to that point, which to me is awkward mm-hmm. because. 
the 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 only awkward part is like the, the the kind of the comfort and not comfort that's not the word I'm looking for the the pride the status that comes along with being a registered massage therapist in a regulated province so that's mm-hmm. the thing that you identify with mm-hmm. then oh, you also it's like why I don't leave Toronto I'm a huge snob right and then and yeah, then want, and then, all the status and then you're yeah. uh, and then you're going to and then you're going to kick and scream and cry about you know the fees it costs to to give you that status mm-hmm. it, it baffles me though sometimes see what i'm saying and i understand where everyone's coming from yeah but I also want you to see where I'm coming from because maybe you don't. And maybe if you did, you, you might think a little differently, right? You're paying for that mm-hmm. pride, that status, and it costs something. And right now it's costing you 900 and something dollars. And well, it may go up and it may go down, but that's what- It's 800 and something, but whatever like it is. I said on the- <laughs> I gonna this, say. it, it costs, Can you tell I'm inactive? Like I said <laughs> on the last conversation we had about fees, and I'll say it again, I don't think most RMTs are necessarily pissed about- the price it's that feeling of like why do my fees keep going up and not understanding where the money's going so you know again when you hear the reasoning being these investigations and whatever like what she's saying is well what the fuck like i feel like i'm being penalized maybe we need to first figure out how to get these therapists that are you know making it hard for all of us out of the fucking sandbox kick them out Get rid of them, and then maybe we wouldn't have to pay so much. But it does suck because you are being penalized because that's part of the community that you you pay to you pay your membership into the club, and then that's right. how the, that's how the club uses their money. And you're like, fuck, I guess, I, I guess this is this is what I pay for. I, it sucks. So, it's a it's a very it's a very strange go. And there's so many other. I, I mean, I haven't looked at the the financial report, so I I really can't comment on it other than what I remember Heather saying. Yeah, I I do want to see where the money's going. I want right. I want to have an idea of where it's going. Investigations are expensive as fuck. Right. They are That's so why expensive. Why should be charged back to the therapist? Well, they are charged back to the therapist, but the problem is when you have an investigation that costs over a hundred thousand dollars. What in the, the hell are you doing that an investigation costs a hundred? thousand dollars they do this is what these no, things i know cost. but i'm just yeah. like what 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 is happening so that it needs to be it, it, at that it's, price it's, tag? it's everything that you, it's everyone you got to pay is the problem right yeah. you've got to pay people to do the investigation then you have to pay people the investigative people for their reports then you have to pay these lawyers that are your pr- prosecution then you have to pay the this independent lawyer that's that acts as an advice to the discipline panel like you, you just have to pay all the shit right and it's expensive like I went, I went to, I said this before on the podcast, I went to a discipline hearing just because I wanted to see how fucking expensive they were. Yeah. And I'll give you the quick rundown. This guy got charged. He, he was found guilty of sexual abuse, touching someone inappropriately, same person three different times. Cool. And um, the bottom Sorry, line- same therapist? It's, it's one therapist, same client th- oh. on three different occasions. Cool. Anyway, okay. they stripped his license away. Cool. And this is how I know how much the whole thing cost. Mm -hmm. They ordered him to pay back two thirds of the investigation and Mm -hmm. the cost of the discipline hearing. Yes. And that was $120,000. He was ordered to pay back two thirds of it. Mm -hmm. He flat out said, I can't do that. Right, so the ability to recover that, f- that those funds isn't isn't there. The guy's yeah. like, I can't do that. They're like, What can you do? He's like, I can make I can make payments over the next like ten years. Yeah, and they said unacceptable two years, and he said I can't do that. They're like, Well, what can you do? 
eight years. Okay, so he signs a document that says, I will pay back the college equal payments of whatever, whatever per month for the next uh, fucking 10 years or whatever the case and is. And then like, you claim, oh, go to insolvency. Claim but I just, I mean, everything gets written off. You see how this, this is money that doesn't get recovered no, from from that scenario. Mm-hmm. So then it falls on the membership. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I, I don't know what the solution is. I, I don't even know if I should know what the solution is. What the fuck? What do I care? Well, I do care, but you know what I mean? Well, I do. I do agree with a lot of what you said. And I think that. And it might not be a popular not, opinion. And I understand that. But you're not that. alone. There are therapists that are really disgruntled about a lot of things the college does. I see it online all the time. People, you know, the college don't have a lot of fans. Um, but let's but, change that. Yeah, we can change. Uh, can we change that? I don't know. I think we came to the conclusion of we don't know if there's an answer. <laughs> okay, so so they're they are clear. Like that's the principal's office. They are they are the parent. Whatever you know. They okay. Yeah, nobody wants to get sent, get sent to the principal's office, but at least be uh, like on good terms as much as one can be with your governing body. Like I I'm I'm gonna say it. Why can't I get a gold star for every year that I have not sexually abused patients? Because that's just you doing your job. <laughs> right. But I want the gold star. I, I get it. but And I feel like having that little accreditation, if we want to talk about having validation and having like, okay, I pay almost too much money for my license from the college, but can I get something for it? Can I get something preferably shiny for it? It'd be okay if it was gold leaf, but let's just be honest here, okay? Like, gold paint's okay. But I'm also the guy that doesn't clap when the pilot lands the plane. I'm like, you just did your fucking job. Yeah, I'm thankful for you doing your job, but I agree. you just did your job. I the same way, not. the same way. I, uh, my client, I don't expect them to come off the table and give me a standing <laughs> ovation. Bravo! You mean to tell me your Bravo. clients don't clap for you, your patients don't clap for you? <laughs> You're doing something wrong. Okay, I'm going to end this episode with um, an. A thought that mm-hmm. might get me punched in the face, or at least somebody will come like touch my clavicle or put their shin on my shin or chew in my ear or something. Are you planning on touching my shoulder? I won't do it. Okay. But I'm going to end with this. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of therapists who really value things like the public perception of the of the profession yes. and who really value moving the profession forward yes. and being viewed as healthcare and you know eliminating things like HST to separate us from the service industry and make it known that we are essential we are healthcare and we are regulated and so as Mark was kind of alluding to, but more on like the terms of the pres- the prestigiousness that comes with having that title of registered massage therapist. Is it not worth it to us to pay our governing body to govern the profession to make sure that we have this clean image and we are getting rid of the shit? Yes. Right? So to a degree. To a degree. (laughs) It depends. I'm not saying that it's right the way it is right now. The way it is right now, we are all a little bit, you know, with our knickers in a twist about this fee increase. And because we see that a a large percentage of it is going towards investigations. That's a good thing. But then, is right, wouldn't that be a good thing if our collective goal is to uphold the profession? Mm -hmm. So if we all have to pay an extra hundred bucks a year to keep ourselves shiny maybe that's your, is that your shiny gift oh i see what you guys did there i see what we did there 
<laughs> anyway, I'm who knows what the right answer is? But the there point is, is that's what we came the with. point is there is no point, and we had a really fun <laughs> night. I I drank like three quarters of a bottle of wine I while you two were going. I don't. Like, I don't it was judge. good. I don't it was judge. good. Good for you. You guys are going and being all serious, and I'm like, I'm just gonna sip my wine from <laughs> my dick glass. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It's been a good night. <laughs> I had fun. <laughs> Bakers in a knot, apparently, is the, yep. the phrase. Yes. <laughs> right on. <laughs> you guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. First. <laughs>